Okay. Hey guys, editing Kyoto here with Faye. And Faye, I'm here. Uh, we we just like to add a little addendum to this episode. You'll notice the change in audio quality with my mic. Because I accidentally recorded this episode with my laptop mic, because I'm an idiot. <laughs> but anyway, that aside. So we spent a lot of time talking about uh, Kuji Gohan and... Basically just the Japanese side of the fandom in general for this podcast. Uh, and they found us. <laughs> <laughs> they got word. Yeah, they got they got word that we were talking about uh, Kuji Gohan. And uh, Totoko-san in particular was really curious about it. And someone was very nice and translated what we said. Yeah, that was really sweet. <laughs> was it um, Rui Rui? Yeah, I think it was Rui Rui who did it. Thank you. <laughs> very <laughs> Thank nice. Thank you so much. Uh, yeah, we just really love the work you guys do in this fandom, and we just really want to share it with the English-speaking side of the fandom. Yeah, we appreciate it a lot. It gives us things to look forward to, because obviously we can't stop talking about the Kujis, so it's just nice to get new content for them a lot. Yeah, with stuff like Kuji Gohan and Kujis on my, where everyone comes together to do this sort of stuff. With Kuji's on in particular, it was really nice to be able to have the chance to participate in that a bit. Yeah, it made us so happy. Thank you. Yes, thank you so much. I also recorded a message in Japanese, and my Japanese it isn't perfect, so please bear with me, but <laughs> here it is. Everyone, ちょっとびっくりしましたけど、すっごく嬉しかったです。二次創作のクジゴハンとかクジザンマイとか大好きですから、エゴハンスのクジファンと共有したいと思いました。大変お世話になりありがとうございました。世界中のクジファンとつな
Hello, my name is Kat. Uh, my pronouns are he and him. I am an artist in the fandom. I also do some translation stuff. You can find that stuff on my Tumblr blog, Kyatozanmai. I spent $30 on a Chikai acrylic. It was part of a lot with other merch, but it, that, that was what I was buying. I did get the Rayo and Mambo manga with that lot, though. That was that was pretty sick. Um, and then my Twitter is at It's Kato, and then there's my live tweet Twitter at Let's Kato. I have yet to live tweet episode 10, and I have no idea when or if I'm going to continue the live tweet. I don't know. I like the image that you just died after episode 9. <laughs> I, just, I just evaporated after episode 9. <laughs> That's pretty much what happened here, too. Yeah, that's just what episode 10 does to you. (laughs) Hello, I'm Faye. My pronouns are she, her. I'm kind of an artist and a writer, and when I was writing this down, I spelled writer wrong, so that explains a lot. I wanted to mention that. (laughs) This is going to be my Pepe Sylvia episode, because I've got boxes full of parallels. You can find me um, on Twitter at Toy Money or on AO3 at Toy Kuji. Although, warning for all of my stuff. Just just warnings. Put a biohazard label over it. <laughs> Do not open. Dead dove inside. Do not open. Uh, Kappa pussy inside. <laughs> so we had to go on hiatus after episode 9 because we died. We have been revived with mechanical hurts. And <laughs> we're going to use that to uh, talk about this episode which i think we're gonna have to summarize the whole rayo mabu storyline that we've kind of glossed over and then go into what happens in episode 10 because it it is all kind of relevant to the parallels with the kuji bros and as you said there are boxes and boxes of parallels there i've got boxes full of them they're all in toy's room (laughs) oh no but we're gonna open them today Okay, so Kat, do you want to explain who, who Rayo and Mabu are? Because we have not talked about that very much. So the Rayo and Mabu storyline, it begins with them being childhood friends. Mabu was raised in the upper class and Rayo was sort of on the streets as a kid. But then Mabu, he reached out to Rayo. And think think about Kazuenta here too. Yes! Kazan parallels! <laughs> but yeah, the, the, these bitches, they be in love. <laughs> and then as they grew up they ended up becoming prince kepi's vassals but then during the invasion of the otter empire mabu ends up getting shot down protecting Rayo, and he dies this doesn't parallel anything at all yeah especially not that he was shot in the chest no it's uh no so yeah uh, mabu mabu died in the incident but then he got revived by the Otter Empire, but have also captured Breo. Oh no. And Mabu has been fitted with a mechanical heart that must be kept running through desire energy. So now the two are forced to create Kappa zombies together and siphon the desire energy from them in order to keep Mabu alive. And by doing that, work for the Otter and listen to the Otter Overlord. The Otter Lord. <laughs> there are many Otter puns and they are great. I really, I love otter. I want an otter plushie, and I can't believe we never got that. Otterly unacceptable. <laughs> but the thing is, this Mabu isn't really acting like himself, and Rayo can plainly say that. He doesn't even eat. He doesn't even cook, which in Rayo and Mabu, together they are Sarazanmai, 
Mabu loves both of those things. And Mabu specifically loves making food so that Rayo can eat it. Aww. And he can see the look that Rayo has on his face. No. <laughs> but now this Mabu doesn't do that? So that's weird. And Rayo doesn't like that. <laughs> so obviously this isn't his Mabu. This is just a robot replacement. Like a doll. Like a doll that's lost all its emotions. However, during episode six, the two find out that Kepi is still alive. And also, the dishes of hope are still out there. So Rayo comes up with a brilliant scheme to get the dishes of hope so he can bring his Mabu back to life. Yep, get rid of that fake Mabu. Get the real Mabu back. Friendship ended with fake Mabu. Now real Mabu is my best friend. <laughs> now, and he just tells that all to the fake Mabu for some reason. He is not kind <laughs> to Mabu. Fake Mabu, of course. Fake Mabu, of course. This can't be the real Mabu. No, never. So now these two, they're they're just in the Kawoso police box. They're pretending to be cops. They're not actually <laughs> cops, which becomes evident in episode eight, where they encounter some real cops and they're like, ah, dang it. <laughs> we got caught again. And they gotta mind control them in order to get out of it. That's such a funny little device that they have. I like that. Just a little water pin. <laughs> And that lets them mind control everyone, because it's just inconvenient. So in episode 8, they manage to find the dishes in the Kappa Plaza, where conveniently Kazuki and Enta were just fighting over them. Well, not really over them, but over toys. <laughs> <laughs> Go back to, like, the, the, the past two episodes. It's fine. <laughs> we skipped everything else. Yeah, we skipped everything else, except for the fact that Rayo shoots Enta. And in the scuffle, he takes the plates and he laughs at the child he just shot. Who was dying on the ground. And he just leaves. Yeah, M Mabu doesn't really do anything. Well, he does, he does tell Kazuki you could still save your friend if you call for help. Thanks, Mabu. You're just the police. It's fine. We've established this. They're, they're not the police. <laughs> so then we get to episode nine, where Mabu ends up making the perfect Ninyoyaki. And Rayo finally realizes that this is the true Mabu that he was looking for all along. He finally has his precious husband back. And finally, they can touch balls again. <laughs> they do, in fact, do that. You cannot tell me they are not doing that in that shot. <laughs> I mean, they're completely naked, so. They are naked. They are embracing. It's good. It's good stuff. They're just good friends. And so Rayo's happy. He's so happy. He's so happy he's singing to, to West Side Story and dancing in the street while he's bringing home some pancakes for Mabu and some wine oh. for a romantic dinner. Nothing can go wrong. Absolutely nothing could go wrong. But then he gets to the police box and there is a basically an out to lunch sign. <laughs> in my live tweet, I just replaced it with with that one sign from an episode of Half in the Bag where it's like, out to lunch, go fuck yourself. <laughs> And Rayo is goaded into the back room. Otter, otter, <laughs> getting hotter. Rayo approaches a mail slot. <laughs> I'm realizing how ridiculous this is. <laughs> no. <laughs> Just a mail slot in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> and then he peeks in. And, and he sees... <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> How do you think Ikuhara like pitched this episode? 
<laughs> oh god. Okay, so so we've got Mabu. Okay. We've got a mysterious orc figure behind him oh. who is who's got his heart out, is licking it. Oh. And Rayo's like, what in the fuck are you doing to my Mabu? The lights come on and he opens the door. And it is another Rayo. I found you, faker. <laughs> faker. I think you're the fake hedgehog around here. <laughs> Otter lies. <laughs> so the otter who is taking the form of Rayo and he's got Waluigi eyeliner on. <laughs> he basically explains that we otters are mere concept. We are the embodiment of the concept of desire and we take the form of your innermost desires. And he's like teasing Rayo about how Rayo wants to lock a lips <laughs> with this mechanical doll. <laughs> and then he licks his heart. Very sexily. Very, very sexily. Okay, ba- basically, basically, Rayo in this moment is getting cucked by an otter. And otter is, he's basically getting Mabu to say that what Mabu needs right now is otter and not Rayo. Yes, and Mabu says that what I need right now is you. And Rayo smashes the wine bottle against the wall, and it creates like the greatest shot in this entire series. It's amazing! It's so good. It's sexy. I want it as my wallpaper. <laughs> like not even on my desktop. I want it on my wall. <laughs> I want the Gengar for that, and I want it framed. That, and then Chikai's dead body. You should have that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, of course. And Rayo's like, I should have known you were still a fake. Rayo was so stupid. He's just going back and forth. So Rayo, he he wants to get the dishes of hope, and he will slaughter as many children as he can to achieve that. <clears throat> yep, they just need one more dish. So then we get to episode 10. Oh, right. <laughs> okay, so... And that's where you come in. <laughs> well, so then... Enta, okay, we talked about this in the last episode. Enta is in the hospital. He gets turned into a Kappa by Kepi, but he has a little time bomb on his head. <laughs> on his head that's gonna kill him. Um, and Kazuki is like... Yeah, he's still, he's still dying. He's still dying in this episode. There's still consequences in the show. <laughs> <clears throat> and so Kazuki's like, okay, we're gonna get the dishes back. Um, and Kazuki still has the one dish. And so Rayo is, of course, looking for that one dish. He goes to the Kappa Plaza. There's... <laughs> There's a little barrier that they put up that's like a no otters allowed sign. It's like a wet floor sign. It's so good, but with no otter. <clears throat> but it doesn't keep Rayo out because, twist, they're Kappa. And we already said that. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's alright. But it's a twist in the episode. It's a twist in the episode. It's fine. And he looks really sexy in that shot. Yeah, it is very good. I can't, I can't, Mabu and Rayo are very attractive, and that's why it's, like, more offensive to me that Kat stands Chikai. It's like you have perfectly good options in this show. Look, it's not my fault that Chikai and Rayo never got to fight. <laughs> so, Rayo's there, being evil, <laughs> and then, but then Kazuki refuses to, uh, let the dish go because he's gonna protect Enta and it's so cute. He just hugs Enta. There's hugging so much in this episode. And Enta's happy. It's so cute. Um so basically 
uh, Rayo kind of kidnaps them over to the otter warehouse lair and is just like making fun of them. <laughs> it's making fun of these children because they care about each other. Oh, and there's a part where Rayo gets epically owned by a child. Let me let me see if I can find it. Oh, there's an extra. I think there's like an extra scene oh. in the novel. <laughs> Kepi was trying to find any opening he could to convince Rayo to help him, but so far things hadn't turned in their favor. Rayo, it's not too late, Ribbit. You can join forces with me for the sake of the Kappa kingdom, and sadly, I have no interest in either the otters or the Kappa. Oh. I just want to make my wish come true, Rayo said. <laughs> What's your wish, Ribbit? Kepi asked. Does Mabu share the same feelings as you, Ribbit? Enough useless talk. Oh, oh it's it's parallels that's another parallel and then Rayo, when he sees like kazuki comforting Anta, he's like ha how laughable false beliefs are dangerous you know there isn't a person out there that won't hesitate to cut someone off in the pursuit of their own desires just like the selfish prince or that heartless doll oh, oh no i don't think that was in the anime either no it wasn't and then kazuki's like even so I can't change that I hurt people that were precious to me in the past, and I may still continue to make mistakes. Still, I don't want to give up on the bonds I have with other people. We're going to stay together, now and forever! Kazuki! Kazuki is proposing to Enta. It's beautiful. Oh, that's so precious, oh no! Yeah, so basically, Kazuki and uh, and Enta have gone to the Otter Warehouse because they're going to try to get the dishes back. Rayo was taking them there because he's trying to get the dish from Kazuki. Um, but then it turns out that Mabu tells him that the otter has read his mind and knows about the dishes and knows about their plan. And Rayo is just like broken. Rayo's like, how many times are you going to fucking disappoint oh. me? And he tells, he tells Mabu that I don't have the line in front of me, but basically that he this isn't the Mabu that um, he wants. He doesn't, you know, Tell him the words that he wants to hear. Mabu is so upset. Mabu holds his heart and says it hurts. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, during this little fight that they're having, Kazuki and Enta just like escape, <laughs> just go the other way. Yeah, they they, they yeet Kepi the hell out of there. And so they find um, where Dark Kepi is being held, and Dar- it, it's explained that Dark Kepi is. Kepi's despair when the otters like captured him he like split himself in two rather than being consumed by despair it's it's basically the utena manga <laughs> so but yeah and so then otter gets introduced to the boys um <laughs> and otter like flies into and kappa and his nose and starts possessing him inside enta's head it says Enta's world, and it's the soccer spot. Um, and then... Otter Kosuke. He's there. Also, they're in their soccer uniforms. It's very, very Enta's world. And, yeah, so Otter Kosuke wraps his arms around Enta and is like, get the dishes for me. You should do this for me. And he's like, um, rather seductive. And <laughs> and he's, he tells Enta, like, as Enta brings the final dish to the otter that like they can have a relationship that's more special than the golden duo and then enta snaps out of it and is like and just cracks like smashes the dish on the floor because that's not what he wants yeah that, it's too out of character for kazuki <laughs> kazuki can't be intentionally sexy 
And also the whole golden duo thing. Like, even if they're not a couple, Enta wants to be the golden duo. There's nothing more special than that. Yeah, exactly. I, like, I don't even see it as, like, Enta deciding, like, I'm gonna give up on my feelings for Kazuki or anything. I see it as, like, in Enta's fantasies, it's always the golden duo still. Like, he equates it to marriage, you know, in episode three, where he's, like, proposing to Kazuki to be the golden duo forever. So clearly it's not, like, a platonic thing for him, and he doesn't want it to be any different from that. Yeah, he's giving up on this fantasy so he can, like, focus on the Kazuki that, you know, actually exists and isn't whatever the hell is going on in his fantasies. Yeah, basically, like, he's not going to be consumed by his desire for Kazuki. He's going to actually connect with Kazuki. And Enta, I mean, Enta is just so good in this episode, especially. Like, he's, and then, you know, he falls into Kazuki's arms. Kazuki's, like, they don't have much time left. And Kazuki's just like, okay, take take my Shirikodama and save Enta. So they don't really have any other choice. And, and you know, Enta is, like, dying. And Kazuki's like, take my Shirikodama so you can save Enta. And Enta just, like, punches him with his little kappa hand. He's like, don't be an idiot. I don't want to forget you or anything like that. And like, we're going to be like, he said, if you disappear, I'm going to haunt you into your next life. Enta's such a good boy. He's just so good. Enta's just so good. We forgive you for episode seven. He's just a petty bitch and we love him for it. So back to, to Rayo. Rayo is there. He's got the dishes. He's got the four dishes. I think it, it goes to Mabu. Right. And so Mabu has this realization he yeah he so basically he thinks I thought I would be happy just being by your side if I can't have your heart at least I can satisfy my selfish desires and so he just drops himself into the kappa zombie vat that they have <laughs> where the kappa zombies are made he drops himself into there as Rayo watches into the tendrils I go and he smiles at Rayo as he does it ah! <laughs> it's, just, it's just so much so okay so. Rayo is like, okay, mate, you know, turn me into a kappa. Ray Rayo sticks out his ass in the greatest way imaginable. There there is a lot of good at like people sticking out their butts in this show. But Rayo, his his easily takes the cake. <laughs> Got his gun in the air. So then we get we get Kappa Rayo and then we see Zombie Mavu. And Zombie Mavu is like the his head is a, the mechanical heart. And it's just, and he's drinking out of his teacup that you see from, it's like from the manga, the Rayo Mabu manga. It's a, they've also been drinking out of it in the show too, but it's more important in the manga. And so Rayo is singing the song and, and Mabu is kind of like talking along with him. It's just, that's a lot. And this time Mabu has his back turned to Rayo. And like once it gets to that point in the song, uh, Mabu just like gets up onto his knees and exposes himself. And it's very tender and beautiful. <laughs> It's a, it's a beautiful moment. It's Rayo, and Rayo shoots himself into uh, Mabu's anus. And We're 12. <laughs> it's, a, it's a lovely moment. And he takes Mabu Shirikodama out. And he looks into it and he, and he finally sees the truth. Yep, it's, he sees Mabu's desire, which is Mabu's desire is to make Rayo know what has been happening. So when Mabu was revived with the mechanical heart, it came with a little caveat that it would explode if he told Rayo that he loves him. Oh no. Because the otter is just a dick, I guess. <laughs> yep. Yeah, it's basically like 
he Mabu is given the choice to be by Rayo's side um, and be alive technically, but he can't ever express to Rayo that he loves him. Otherwise, like you know, if he does do that, if he tells Rayo he loves him, then he dies. His heart explodes. So those are his choices. <laughs> and um, Otter tells him. Otter makes him say that he hates Rayo, which we have to discuss. <laughs> and Mabu's just like, I just want to be by Rayo's side. I want to be with him. Yeah. Oh. We heard that before. <laughs> and then Otter takes the form of Rayo and gets on top of Mabu. And that's the only kiss we see between them, you fuckers. <laughs> and so Rayo realizes that it was his Mabu all along, and Rayo and Mabu decided to give up on their connection in order to be with him. And then Kappa Mabu appears. He just falls down. It's so cute. And he's and Rayo's trying to like have a discussion and Mabu's like, there's no time. We have to go do the Sarazanmai. And they do the Sarazanmai and we see Rayo's leak. And in this we find out that Rayo was was walking by in the Otter Hospital and through the door he saw Mabu and Otter talking and all he heard was Mabu say, I hate Rayo. And then he runs away and he like decides that that can't be his Mabu. His Mabu would never say anything like that. <sighs> it's just so tragic. It is so tragic. And everything that happened between them before just makes a whole lot more sense. And then Rayo looks up while they're doing the Sadazan Mai and he sees Mabu in front of him. This is And this is the most devastating scene in anime history. Yes, Mabu is looking at him, and Mabu says, I have something to tell you, Rayo. And Rayo is like, don't do it, no. <laughs> don't do it! <laughs> and Mabu says, my one and only partner, Rayo. I always have, and always will. Love you. And then he dies. <laughs> and then he fucking explodes! <laughs> it's so, it's so bad. And then it gets worse. <laughs> oh god, it gets so much worse! <laughs> That was insane. God, I was just sobbing. I like every time I watched this episode, I like would just start sobbing. It was so bad. We forgot to talk about the Twitter. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh god, that was bad. So quick aside, before the show aired, there was a Twitter that ran that featured Rayo and Mabu just in their everyday life, just on patrol perhaps goofing around, just a really nice little slice of life thing. Just them tweeting. Mabu would tweet every morning with an announcement that it is, in fact, the morning. Then <laughs> there was, like, documents of uh, Rayo's interaction with cats. And he actually loved cats. Did you know that? Yeah, he really loves cats, even though they always run away from him. Oh. But just before the show aired, uh, some weird shit happened. They got summoned by what? We didn't know at the time, <laughs> but it was the Kappa Kingdom. Oh. And so Mabu suddenly went missing. And we could tell he went missing because he didn't tweet out that it was the morning. <laughs> and so the first tweet we got at that day was Rayo saying, oh no, where the hell is he? And then later that day, Rayo tweeted out, even in this rotten world, I won't let go of my desire. And that was the final tweet on the Twitter. Until episode 10 aired. Oh no. <laughs> and Mabu tweeted out his final line in that episode. I always have and always will love you. No. 
and then the Twitter got wiped. No. It is now a completely blank slate. It is still archived. You can even purchase it as a book, but it is gone. It was so rude. I remember finding that out. Oh my God. (sighs) That day was insane. And the reason why it's erased is because, so the Sours on My Ends, um, Kepi eats the Shirigodama, um, and Mabu turns into, he turns Mabu into a little ring. Um, Rayo finds it and puts it in his pocket, and he's like, he's going full, <laughs> full Yandere mode, where he's like, Mabu lied to me again. Um, and he's, he's like blowing up bridges and everything. He's just shooting everything. Yeah, he's just <laughs> shooting everything. Um, and he decides he needs to get the dishes to bring Mabu back to life. And he's just going wild, and Kazuki is like, <laughs> is refusing to hand over the dishes and he kicks Kazuki in the head. And in the stage play, he high kicks Kazuki in the head! It was so funny! Yeah, so Kazuki is, like, refusing to give it to him. Rayo is holding the gun at him, but then suddenly he drops the gun, and Rayo is going, who was I doing this for? (sighs) And we see pictures of... Rayo and Mabu that they had taken earlier in the show, and Mabu is disappearing from them, like all the Kappa zombies did before. And he's going, who was this burning feeling for? (laughs) And he takes out the ring from his pocket, and he's confused. And then Rayo gets shot in the back. And Rayo says, my chest hurts. (laughs) No! (laughs) And then he's dead! Yep, then he falls to the ground dead. And who could possibly have shot him? Who else in this show has a gun? <laughs> and then Toy is there. Toy is back! Toy is back. It's fine. He just has the gun and he just shot someone in the back. It's totally fine. Yay! <laughs> it's everything's like, okay! Yep, everything's fine. Um, and in the while this is happening, Kepi like, blinks his eyes twice and turns Rayo into a ring too. And the Rayo and Mabu rings are connected and it's very beautiful. And sad. Kepi can just do that. <laughs> He's the prince. He can do whatever he wants. Oh, right. And so because Kepi had the Shirikodama from Mabu, he creates another dish. Um, Kazuki takes it and turns it into the golden dish. And then Toy cocks his gun at Kazuki. He's like, give me the dish. My brother died. I'm going to bring him back. And then there's this tense moment as Enta's clock is ticking down. But you just know that toy would never shoot Kazuki. And then, you know, the the wish happens, and Enta gets brought back to life, and he's not a kappa anymore. He, like, wakes up and looks around, and toy is depressed. <laughs> Toy's like, I know I would have done the same thing in your place, is what Toy says to Kazuki. But I'm just so tired. Oh, and you can just feel it. I mean, he's just gone through so much. Oh my god. I'm tired for you, Toy. It is really concerning that he's saying that with the gun in his hand. But then in the novel, so it says, Toy, Kazuki tried to approach, but thunder roared through the sky. And I thought that was <gasps> really interesting. <laughs> but the thunder and lightning. Oh yeah, alright. The, 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 the lightning thunder thing. <laughs> I don't know what it means. I, I forgot that was a thing. <laughs> Because we don't, we still don't know what it means. We'll figure it out one day, I'm sure. But basically, it seems like the Kuji Bros are associated with thunder and lightning. 
um, because of the first, like the little thunderbolt thing on, um, on the shirt that they share and also the, on toys shell. And also the backpack. Oh yeah. The backpack. And his background when he's a capital. Yes. So it means something. We don't know what, but it's something. And then Dark Kepi comes because Toy's despair has just attracted him. Yeah, and he and he's massive, and he opens up his giant gob, and tentacles come out. <laughs> and Toy's like, "Oh shit, I gotta get out of here!" <laughs> but they they capture him, and they're really pretty tentacles. They're like purple and like galaxy like. Hell yeah, galaxy tentacles! I need that in my life. It's really pretty. So they grab Toy, um, and Kazuki tries to grab him. Yeah, Kazuki grabs him by the hand. <laughs> but then, in the novel it says, Suddenly, Toya heard Chikai whisper into his ear, Come with me. Come outside the circle that binds everyone together. Cut off all those boring ties you have to other people. And it's Otter Chikai. <laughs> Otter Chikai! <laughs> I'm feeling so many feelings about this dude. <laughs> So Otter Chikai is there, like, smirking evilly. <laughs> this is just Chikai, but even more evil. Yes. But also more handsome. <laughs> Inexplicably more hot. <laughs> so, like like the Otter has always done to the others, <laughs> uh, Otter Chikai is there to, to seduce Toy into, <laughs> into the darkness. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you could put it that way. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and it says the tentacle suddenly released him, meekly drawing back. Now that his arm was free, Toy shook Kazuki off. He heard his friend suck in a breath. His brother was waiting for him inside of Black Kepi. He didn't even bother looking back as he started in that direction. And then Kazuki screams Toy's name, and Toy disappeared, swallowed up by the despair. So that sets the stage for our actual discussion. <laughs> Getting into the real... It's only an hour and 18 minutes in to this recording. We're getting... Oh my god. I mean, we, we had a pre-recording. Yes, yes. Um, okay. So, <laughs> that was a lot. But now we're going to talk about the parallels that this shows. Because I think episode 9 and episode 10 are absolutely meant to, like, go together. They're very similar. Um, I mean, if you... Like, just the titles themselves... Uh, episode 9 is I want to connect but I can't express it and episode 10 is I want to connect but I can't and I think that's very important <laughs> so I think the most obvious kind of parallels are actually Chikai and Rayo and Toy and Mabu at first because in episode 8 where we're getting a lot of uh, Rayo and Mabu too but it's also a lot of Chikai so we're seeing Chikai clinging on to this past image of Toy you know he has the picture on his phone and then in episode nine, we see that he has the, the picture of baby toy in his pocket. And um, just like everything Chikai says in episode eight is very clearly like missing baby toy. And that's pretty similar to what Rayo is going through in the episodes where he's clinging on to this idea of Mabu. And he like refuses to see that Mabu has changed. Like he just won't accept it. He thinks that it's a fake Mabu. And that's also, well, Chikai doesn't, he knows that Toy has changed, but he's, like, kind of disgruntled by it and also trying to ignore it. Like, he just kind of continues to treat Toy like a kid and, like, ignores that he is committing crimes and stuff for him. And then the Toy and Mabu parallels, I realized, like, so in the background of episode four, when 
they're going by to like get the Kappa zombie, there's always some like text in the background that relates. Um, and in that episode, uh, it's basically like pushing your selfishness onto others, saying, I want to be by your side. There's a limit to being naive. And that is clearly referring to Toy, but it's also essentially what Mabu says in this episode, that he would be happy just being by Rayo's side. But by doing that, he is being selfish and he's trying to satisfy his selfish desires. So I see like that as a big parallel of what Toy and Mabu are doing, is they're trying to be by their loved one's side. But by doing that, they're actually selfishly, they're not understanding what the other one really needs. Like, and that's what Takeuchi, I think, says about episode nine, where Toy is realizing that he never really understood his brother. And he was just, he wasn't actually doing all of this for his brother. But then there are more parallels. And Ikuni made this very clear in the, the Seiyu event where he set up Chikai and Mabu as parallels and Toy and Reo as parallels. With like, we talked about this in episode two, where <laughs> Reo was telling Toy about his, his romantic issues <laughs> but in the form of talking about cats where he's talking about how cats love him and he loves cats but cat the cat keeps running away from him and he keeps chasing after it but he doesn't understand why the cat is acting this way <laughs> and toy is like this reminds me of me and my brother as toy does with everything <laughs> never talk to toy about anything because he's just going to start thinking about chikai <laughs> and so the chikai <laughs> chikai and mabu parallels are so much because I feel like the the ultimate crux of their issue is that they both can't say how they feel. And in effect, for both of them, trying to express how they feel leads to them both dying. And for Mabu, it's like, you know, an actual thing imposed by society <laughs> and by the otter. And for Chikai, it's just entirely imposed by himself, but nonetheless. <sighs> because Chikai is the absolute worst, and he, even when he gets shot... And he dies, and he just still won't tell Toy how he feels. Like, and I think <laughs> that is the main difference between Chikai and Mabu, and why I think Mabu gets to like come back and be happy is because Mabu died while expressing, like, he connected his desires to Rayo. He told him how he feels. Chikai still didn't manage to do that. <laughs> and we see in this episode that Toy is clearly not, he. <laughs> Toy still doesn't quite understand what Shikai wanted and what Shikai felt because Shikai never told him. And then Mabu's, Mabu and Shikai's issue is that they want to be with the person they love, even if they can't connect. And because they can't connect, it is like toxic to their relationship. They want to be by their side, but it like with Shikai and Toy, we see in this episode, like no matter how close they are, like in distance, we see that there's always something between them, like in the shots themselves. And it's because even when they're together, they still can't connect with each other. And that's essentially what Rayo and Mabu are going through. And I think this is even made more explicit because in this episode, and only in this episode for Rayo and Mabu, Mabu kind of repeats this idea of he wants to be by Rayo's side. It's the Soba Ni language. And that, of course, originally came up with the Kunji Bros in episode four, like that's their whole, the whole thing is Soba. Kunji's literally giving it to us. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's like, I think it's intentionally drawing back to the Kujis, this desire to be by the side, but 
in a way that's ultimately harmful to their relationship. And the reason why I think that this parallel is important is because Chikai, we still don't understand Chikai. Like Chikai continues to not tell us anything. (laughs) All he did was get shot and then go back to telling Toy the same stuff he did before and throwing money at him. And we're just like, why? (laughs) We are as confused as Toy. And the way that Chikai is a cipher and Kazuki is the key to understanding him, I think that Mabu actually helps to understand Chikai a little more in this regard because I've seen some takes where it's like, Chikai actually wants to be free from Toy and he doesn't and like he's just trying to be with Toy out of obligation but what he wants is to not have to deal with Toy anymore basically and I don't I don't agree with that I think his struggle is that his he wants to be with Toy but he is fully aware of how bad it is for Toy because they can never connect and he sees that quite plainly when Toy starts like shooting people for him and he and as Kat said like he's like just scared shitless of it yeah and he's and he's like why do you have that gun and how many times have you fired it yeah so he's like realizing just how much damage he has done to toy and i think that's the realization that mabu has in this episode too with rayo like rayo was so hurt and is just fed up with mabu and that's when mabu is like I can't do this anymore i have to tell him and so you know mabu's way of doing that is severing their connection or essentially like giving into his desire to tell Rayo the truth. And Chikai's way of doing that is by trying to put that distance between them by putting the gun to Toy's head and like trying to get Toy away from him. But Toy just keeps, he just keeps going. Mm -hmm. It sucks. (laughs) But yeah, I think that's, that explains how Chikai is feeling that he does genuinely want to be with Toy, but they can't connect when they're together. Because Chikai, like Mabu, he can't, Chikai can't express it. Mabu just can't. He just can't connect. He's not allowed to. But Chikai refuses to be able to express that. Because he's a dirtbag. He just sucks. <laughs> and so I think, like, that sacrifice. So we get to the sacrificing part where Chikai gets shot in the chest for Toy. So like Mabu and Enta, like, that's a clear parallel between the two of them, too. They both get in the way of uh, their loved ones getting shot and essentially sacrifice themselves. And Chikai does the same thing. And I think in that, I feel like that is kind of his version of expressing his love. Like that's the most Chikai can do because he can't actually say it. But what he's doing is letting Toy go. He's letting Toy be free from this connection that is hurting him. But the problem is, and there's like the overarching theme that Haruka and Sarah actually explained in this episode is that Like, Haruka has this dream where he has to choose between love and desire, but either choice is going to, like, break the world apart. And what Sara says is you have to connect your desire in order to maintain your relationship. So desire itself isn't bad, but it's when you're seeking that desire, you're pursuing the desire, but you're not connecting it to the person that you are desiring. That's when you turn into the Kappa zombie. That's when you, like, go crazy and start doing crazy stuff trying to reach your desire and still not expressing it to the other person and the only way that you can connect to someone else is by connecting your desire to them you know like actually expressing it to them does that make sense yeah it makes complete sense (laughs) so that's that's how i read it i'm sure there's like a lot more to it but i think that's the issue and that's the difference between chikai and mabu is that mabu expressed it 
expressed his desire to Rayo. He told Rayo the truth. He told him that he loves him. And so ultimately they could connect, even though Mabu died. Chikai, he expressed his love. Like he was trying to do both. Like he tried to do his desire. That didn't work out. And then he tried to express his love, but he still didn't tell Toy how he feels. So he didn't actually connect his desire to Toy. And therefore they still didn't connect because he's stuck. He's the worst. Yeah, we forgot to mention the li- that that line that Mabu says. Very important. Don't let go of your desires. Only those who can who can connect their desires have the ability to grasp the future in their hands. So compare that to Chikai's like shithead philosophy of only bad guys survive in this world. Mm-hmm. I think Chikai is wrong. Yeah, maybe Chikai is a little little off. But yeah, that's why Chikai doesn't get to have a happy ending, because he still didn't tell Toy anything. Chikai doesn't get a happy ending because he sucks the end. That's it, there we go. That's the coochie bros for you. And yet Toy still wanted to save him. Hmm. And also, it's worth pointing out that Toy, he could have traded his shitty Kodama to save Chikai's life. But of course he wouldn't do that because one, there's his fear of being forgotten, and two, he doesn't want to live without Jakai, and he knows that Jakai would be miserable without him. I mean, that was the whole thing that he was like saying in episode nine. You know, Kazuki or Enta has Kazuki, Enta has people who care about him, but Jakai only has Toy. So if you bring back Jakai and not Toy, like, what have you even accomplished? Yeah, and that was their promise, that they were going to survive together. Yeah, that that, that was their curse. <sighs> God. Son of a bitch. <laughs> and then, of course, the, the Rayo and Toy parallel in this episode is <laughs> that they both get shooty. That <laughs> they both have guns. Mm-hmm. And and similar thing with, like, Toy and Mabu is that they're both pursuing this, like, try- they're both trying to save the other, you know? They're, like, trying to save Chikai and Mabu. They're trying to connect, but they're not actually doing what the other one wants. They haven't, like, asked. (laughs) They're just kind of doing what they think is best for the other one. Yeah, Chikai, he talks about that in episode 8, where he tells Enta, he does all these things for me, but I don't even ask him to. Yeah, Toy is just doing all this stuff. And it's because he feels so guilty about, like, Chikai like, taking on all these, like, quote-unquote burdens for him. Yeah, and he thinks that, yeah, like, he wants to be someone who can help Chikai and protect Chikai also. And Chikai has never asked for this. He has never indicated that he wants that. But Toy has just decided that that's what he has to do. And that's, I mean, what Rayo is doing, too. Like, he just assumes that this isn't the real Mabu. He doesn't talk to him or anything. (laughs) He literally hears Mabu say one thing. And then he's like, all right, well, this isn't my Mabu. I'm done. <laughs> I gotta go get the real Mabu back. And then I guess we can start talking about the whole I hate you line. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're, I hate you is a recurring line in this show. So speaking of making assumptions, which is a line from Rayo that I haven't gotten until for until like just now. <laughs> because there's a, there was a line from Rayo like all the way back in the Tsunagaru trailer in t- 2018. <laughs> two years <laughs> but Rayo has like the, this line of like making assumptions is dangerous or something like that and now I finally get it because Kazuki Kazuki who most infamously said I hate Haruka yeah. like he assumes in that moment that everyone hates him mm-hmm. 
like it's it's more clear in episode five, but he thinks that Haruka hates him. He thinks just because of the whole incident, he thinks that everyone's just like fed up with him and just won't tell him because of what happened. And it's uh, Kazuki. I just want to take this child and shake him by the goddamn shoulders. And I also see it as like uh, some sort of bitterness where it's not really towards the person, but it's like, I am trying so hard to do this for you. You never asked me to. I've never asked you what you want. But I keep doing this thing that I hate because I am trying to connect with you. And so it's like bitterness and tiredness over what they have put themselves through. Yeah, that also makes sense. God, Kazuki. And then there's also the instance in episode four where Toy says it to Jakai. Like it's translated as like, I hate how you talk about mom and dad like that. But in the actual Japanese text... Like, it's just the, like the way it's written. <laughs> We're getting into grammar here. <laughs> the way you talk about, like, mom and dad and stuff like that. I hate that. I hate that Nissan that does that. Oh. Uh, I don't know. And, and that's right. Before he says you should have died instead, it's like, oh. Oh, no. Fuck. And then the whole thing that sets the Rail Mabu storyline off is Mabu saying, I hate And then there's Enta in episode eight who doesn't say it, he instead says that he couldn't even say it, even as a joke. <laughs> and then there's Chikai. Chikai of all people. Chikai of all people just doesn't say it. He doesn't say he loves Toy, but also he doesn't say he hates Toy. So what the fuck, man? And like every time it's brought up with Kazuki and Toy and Mabu, it's always like a lie. Like we know that they don't actually hate these people. And Mabu is the most obvious direct one where he is just being, you know, forced to say that he hates Rayo. But it's obvious that Kazuki and Toy don't mean it either. It's just something they're saying out of, you know, anger. And then Enta is clear that he can't even say, he can't even, like, lie and say that he hates Kazuki. Even if he's mad at him. Yeah, and I think that's the same for Chikai. He just doesn't, like, verbalize it. But, like, Chikai points a gun at his head, but he never tells him that he hates him. He never tells him, like, I hate you, or go away, or anything like that. Oh, God. And then there's Rayo, who doesn't who doesn't say he hates Mabu, but that's only because, like, he doesn't believe that this is the real Mabu, so, like, why would he say it? Even because he's making it so clear that he detests this Mabu yeah, he's, like, with really every mean. fiber of <laughs> He's really mean. He's so mean. <laughs> But yeah, but like he doesn't, he knows that he doesn't hate the real Mabu. Why would he ever say he hates Mabu? <laughs> oh god, it sucks. Uh, Rayo, my man. But yeah, I really like, I really like the Rayo, Mabu, and Kuji Bros parallels because it really helps me to understand Shikai a lot more. Because I think when you're left with episode nine, you have no clue what has happened. Shikai like points a gun at Toy, but then takes a bullet for him and then is like, you, this is all your fault. I wouldn't have, you know, like none of this would have happened if it wasn't for you. But then Toy takes out the picture and <laughs> he's kept this picture of baby Toy in his pocket this whole time. And you're like, what the fuck is going on? <sighs> this man is an enigma. <laughs> but episode 10, like, because it is so similar, it follows a lot of the same beats. If you just take what Mabu is going through and put it on to Chikai and understand that Chikai is imposing this on himself because he's stupid. But it just makes a lot more sense. Just remember that Chikai is dumb as rocks. Yeah, we had this, we were like talking about, I, I mentioned some parallels with with Akio, but like the main difference 
here. We'll, we'll eventually have an episode on Uteta, but the the issue with, with Chikai and Akio is that Chikai isn't trying to manipulate Toy or anything. He's not trying to get Toy to do anything. He's just stupid. He's just hurting Toy because he's stupid and like won't let himself connect. Yeah, Chikai, Chikai just doesn't have a brain. Yeah, Chikai's major character flaw is that he does not think. <laughs> Why do you think I like him so much? No thoughts head empty, only baby toy. Rayo doesn't think either, okay? Rayo was also hot. Exactly. Rayo was my was my husband before freaking Chikai showed up and ruined everything. <laughs> ruined our lives. Ruined your life. My life has definitely been ruined by Chikai. Because because of dojins and everything and all the merch. I'm dying. I could have spent this on college. <laughs> anyway, Kat, um, can you tell me what the tentacles symbolize? <laughs> Fuck if I know! <laughs> Faye wrote most of the notes for this episode. Um, and right after the I hate you section is just tentacles. <laughs> we have to talk about the tentacles. <laughs> it's just so funny. <laughs> We haven't seen them before, but they just come out to grab toy. We have. We have in the in the background of Kawu Soya. Oh, I never noticed. Yeah, like they grab the dude's head and then it like fizzles out or something. I don't know exactly what's happening, but that bitch is dead. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, I remember now. Yeah, and they're still they're still like all galaxy and stuff like that. And we do get to see uh Kepi's tentacles when he when he bores <laughs> the boys. But he doesn't have his cool tentacles. They're not galaxy. Yeah, they're not. They're not pretty. <laughs> but yeah, that's <laughs> the end of this episode. We're gonna have to talk so much about Otter Chikai and everything in the next episode. Next episode, Pat goes full feral. <laughs> I'll let you because you let me go full feral on this episode. Yeah, I let you come out with your freaking Pepe Sophia. <laughs> But it's real. Ikuni told me it was real. He said it. <laughs> it's like that part of the of the Pepe Sylvia scene where he's like, hey Barney, give this guy another smoke. And he's like, who? Who the fuck? <laughs> Barney, the guy who tipped me off about Pepe Sylvia. That's me with Ikuni. <laughs> Ikuhara, get this guy another joint, will ya? <laughs> you don't see him? So tentacles aside... We've got some things to talk about in the Kuji fandom. Yes, we both got our Kuji Gohan anthology. We got Kuji Gohan. I have it in my hands. It's beautiful. It is so good. It is a holographic Pokemon card. <laughs> the rarest of Kujis. Oh, I wanted to ask, what did you? What was on your button that you got with it? Uh, mine was like uh, some sushi. Oh, mine's sushi too. I was wondering if they were different. We're connected. <laughs> connected through sushi and Kuji's. Oh my god, Kuji Gohan is so good. It is massive. It's so big. There's so many artists on this thing and it's it's insane. I loved seeing all of them together. I was like, oh, I know this person. <laughs> yeah, do you have like a favorite part? Oh my god. I mean, I'm always... I just love the way Totoko does doujins. I just think... They really, I don't know, like, they just have a talent for, like, setting up this narrative and paying it off, and it's just so good. But, like, all of them, I love I love them all so much. And Toy is so pretty. And Baby Toy. There's so much Baby Toy in this. There's so much Baby Toy. It's, like, so worth it for all the Baby Toy, and it's all 
one of my favorites is <laughs> there's a lot that does this, but like Chikai just like being so fond of baby toy and then like pretending that he's not, but he's just like so happy that toy is happy. Yeah, my favorite is a uh, Kaneki. Kaneki's uh, section because it's just baby toy and younger Chikai and toy is like full baby. He's like two or something. Aww. And like Chikai has to pick him up from daycare and it's adorable. He's so tiny and they go out to ramen. He says Nichan and it's very good. There's a, also if you if you're a Taku and Ko stand, there's also Taku and Ko in that story and and they're also adorable. Oh, that's who they are. I would know the cat is talking to me about some deep stars on my lore that I have no idea about. They don't even get names in the novel. <laughs> you only you only know about them through the guidebook. <laughs> the most secret lore god it's so funny i just i just still love my headcanon of taku ko and chikai being quote-unquote friends in middle school and then joining a gang because they thought it would be badass (laughs) i'm so happy i love here's another parallel to connect it is that they're connected by food they're connected by soba (laughs) like reo and mahu their their connections food too yeah, and like I we we referenced it in the episode, but the reason why this Mabu can't like cook and eat and stuff is because cooking and eating was such a big part of his and Rayo's relationship. It was how they expressed their affection for each other. Like Mabu, he just really wanted to see the look on on Rayo's face. Aww. When he ate his food, it's no. so cute. And then Mabu gets jealous whenever Rayo shares it with someone. <laughs> It's so good. I love Ryo and Mabu. I love Ryo and Mabu, but also I love Kujis. But Kujis too. And they they share food too. And yeah, their favorite food is both soba. Oh, but at the end, it's really cute. Um, Totsuko drew all of these little versions for the, the artist like comments page. They drew all these little like chibi versions of stuff in the in the person's dojin, which is really adorable. I also like a Akira section. It's basically like Chikai convincing Toy that like he's allowed to eat and all. That that just struck a chord with me. Oh, oh. I love I love the way Akira draws them too. It's just so good. Yeah, so such round babby toys. Also expressive Chikai. <laughs> so if you do plan to sh- to like pick this up, like do do keep in mind that there is some shippy stuff in it. It's mostly at like the end of the comic section. Anyway, yeah, I feel like this is completely worth picking up. It is so good. You get so much Kooji content. I need to learn how to read so I can read the novel section. One day, I'm going to do that. <laughs> I'll read it. And then I'll have so much Kooji stuff to read in my old age. <laughs> We're keeping these until we old ladies and men. <laughs> oh my god. We're going to be meeting up in the, in the homes. Being like, hey, did you did you read this fanfic? And the cover is gorgeous. The cover is so gorgeous. Yes! As I said, it was. it is basically a holographic Pokemon card. And the artist list is styled like a menu. I know, it's so cute. Ah, there's a whole illustration at the end. Yes, I know. The happy baby boy and the happy Chikai. They're so cute! Why can't Canon be like this? That's why we have to get Kuji Gohan. So that it is this. That's why we have doujins. Seriously, I don't even, I don't, I can't get the, the really sad ones. Because I'm like, I'm already, I've already experienced so much sadness. I can't do it. 
there isn't much of the sad ones, but you know. Speaking of depressing Kuji dojins, <laughs> we also have another artist that we would like to spotlight for this episode, who also contributed to Kuji Gohan, and their name is Neon. Neon, I love Neon. They just do their their stuff is so gorgeous. They do such a really good job with mixing like photography and their more painterly style with the Kuji Bros. Yeah, the the just the like the colors that they do, the coloring is just like amazing. It is absolutely gorgeous. They also draw very attractive chikaris. <laughs> and there's a lot of babby toy. And they have some dojins that are available. Though do be warned that some of the stuff they do is not safe for work. <laughs> but they mostly like relegate that to other accounts like Koi Pika or something. They don't really post that kind of stuff on main, so you're safe there. <laughs> yeah, you're safe. You just get cute baby toys. Yes, you can just get cute baby toys and beautiful paintings, and oh my god, it is so gorgeous. It really is. They, they're like recent Christmas one, and then they just did a New Year's one. Ah, it was so good! And I'm also happy that both them and like several other artists, they participated in Coogee Week for like the free day. Mm-hmm. It was so nice because like seriously, all of these people have been working on multiple doujins. And so, you know, Kuji Week was kind of in a bad week for the Japanese side of fandom, which I feel bad about, but like they a lot of them still participated. The the love for Kujis is real. Oh my god. I we're so blessed. We have so many people in this fandom that create so much amazing content. Whether it be like Kuji Gohan and it's super light and fluffy or Tomorrow Never Dies or it rips my heart out, but in like the best way. Yeah, that's what that's what we need. <laughs> Support your local artists, folks. Yes, absolutely. I just that's why I like am so intent on getting these dojins because I love them so much. I love these artists, and I want I want to support them and show them that they have a ton of people who who support them and love the Kujis as much as they do. Yeah, I have not visited my reading manga in like a year or something <laughs> like that not since i got my black ship account and i just started importing dojins because now i can do that i have that power and i have the means although unfortunately unfortunately this happens like as international shipping from japan is non-existent now so i started my account in a better era <laughs> But it's worth it. I, I honestly feel like <laughs> the paying the extra for shipping is just so worth it for all the stuff. You you just gotta buy in bulk. Yeah, exactly. Oh yeah, and I got the um you got your your uh Chikai birthday keychains and I got my uh acrylic stands for them. And they are so cute. And they came with bromides. Yes, exactly. Which ones did you get? Um, I got the happy 17-year-old toy, and then I got Chikai smiling at toy. Oh, no. I got the, the you're so horrible, Chikai. And then I got the, the sad, pensive toy. I got sadness and horrible, Chikai, but that's what I deserve. <laughs> and the, the little birthday um card from Chikai's. <gasps> oh, did you not get that one? I didn't get that oh, one. It was probably just because the acrylic stands cost extra. Oh, yeah, <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah, I got the little Christmas card. Or, no, it's not a Christmas card. Oh, yeah, well, we did get the Christmas cards, though. <laughs> yeah, we got them with the with the manga. Yes, the manga came out, and we got them. And it's really, it's so big. I didn't think it would be so big. It, it was a nightmare trying to fit that on my corkboard. Yeah, the postcard is just, it's so cute. 
it's really high quality. I love it. And they're, they're watching scary movies together on Christmas. Also, I feel like we have not talked about the fact that Yantaro is in the background. And I feel like this implies that the Kuji bros have adopted Nyantaro. I don't think they adopted Nyantaro. He just has a timeshare. <laughs> just Nyantaro's paying rent. Chikai would accept nothing less. <laughs> Nyantaro is basically Chikai. Oh my god. <laughs> I will not be accepting questions at this time. We're gonna have a whole episode on is Nyantaro Chikai. I remember there was a tweet that was pointing out Nyantaro's eyes and Chikai's eyes and Toy's eyes. Yeah, they're basically the same. Yeah, exactly. We're gonna leave we're gonna leave this episode with that. There's actually Chikai and Yantaro parallels, so we're not gonna explain. So many parallels that even the bastard man and the cat have parallels. <laughs> I've got boxes full of parallels.